Uh, we have a, I'm really excited to give you this, this message today. Um, and before we get started, I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to hop right into it. So let's pray together. So Father, we are so thankful for you. Um, God, just as, as was mentioned before, this, you, you never asked us to remember your birth. You just asked us to remember who you are. But you taught us so much in the way that you chose to be born. You taught us so much in, in, in the people that you orchestrated. And so God, help us to learn how to be better followers of you through their stories, through your story. And Father, we just ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so again, no, no small talk, no jokes. We're going to get right into it. So we're going to recap where we have been on this journey to the manger, right? It's not just about Jesus's journey to the manger. It's about all of the people that, uh, that uh, the Bible talks about uh, on this road. So three weeks ago, we read about how the angel Gabriel visited the virgin, the Virgin Mary. And it's possible that she was the only virgin because it calls her the virgin, the Virgin Mary. Uh, she's betrothed uh, to Joseph. Uh, we learn later that he is a carpenter in Nazareth, right? The angel Gabriel calls Mary favored and blessed and informs her that she is going to become pregnant with the Son of God and that her Aunt Elizabeth is pregnant miraculously as well. Uh, then the angel leaves. Mary takes a 200-mile round-trip journey to the hill country of Judea uh, to visit Elizabeth, her pregnant aunt. Uh, thankfully, when Mary arrives, Elizabeth, through the power of the Holy Spirit, she already knew that Mary was pregnant, so Mary didn't have to to tell her that. Uh, Elizabeth prophesies and edifies Mary. Mary then sings a prophetic song over her baby-to-be. Uh, Zechariah prophesies over his son John. And then all of those three people, they are powered by the Holy Spirit. Mary then waits three months. Uh, Elizabeth gives birth to John. Uh, and then she returns to Nazareth. So now again, Mary is about 14 or 15 years old at this time. And she comes from poverty. So more than likely, this woman, uh, Mary, this young girl, she is not a, a large person because especially in that era, uh, people that lived in poverty, they didn't have a lot of money for food. And so she was not, she was not a large person, right? She wouldn't look anything like um, yours truly. She's likely underweight, if anything. And uh, for those of you who don't know, what starts to happen at three to four months of your pregnancy, ladies? You can't hide it anymore. So Mary, she's, she's gone, right? She, Joseph, uh, he, he leaves her in the hill country of Judea where she stays there for three months and then she comes back. And it's even, it's even more so noticeable when, you, when you're really skinny, right? You can't hide, you can't hide that, that bump. And remember, uh, Mary is supposed to be a virgin. And Joseph is expecting to be the only man that she will ever sleep with. So an unplanned, unexplained pregnancy will mean the, will mean the end of her life and certainly the end of her relationship with Joseph. So understanding that that's where we are in the story, let's read together. I know we've been in the Gospel of Luke, but Luke doesn't really talk about Joseph. 
And so we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, right? There's the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew is the first. And again, if you're using a physical Bible, it's about 80% of the way through. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. If you're opening that up, I read from the ESV. You can read from whatever one you like. If you're going to read the Bible, I don't care what version it is. Amen? So read it. Uh, If you like the New King James Version, more power to you. Uh, But I read from the ESV. Okay, so I'm going to start in verse 18 and go through verse 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to his son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, so again, Mary uh, uh, is, is visited uh, with Elizabeth for three months, right? We, we talked about that. She immediately after uh, the, ga- the angel Gabriel tells her, hey, uh, you're going to be uh, impregnated by the Holy Spirit, she goes and she visits Elizabeth and she comes back and um, she's pregnant, right? Uh, Mary leaves Joseph for three months and then she comes back pregnant. All right, men, I, I know we have a lot of good men in this room. I know we do. Um, but if you and your wife had never consummated your marriage and she goes to visit her aunt <laughs> and she comes back pregnant, what's your next move? I mean, there, there is only one logical thing that could have happened, right? The, nothing makes sense, right? Nothing makes sense that, that you have never slept with her, and she's pregnant, and she says she's also faithful to you. That cannot be. That is impossible, right? We understand that that does not work. And I like to think of myself as a, as a good man 50% of the time. I like to think that I would have done the right thing. But this would have been incredibly embarrassing to Joseph. He has been planning his whole life. He literally has been planning his entire life on finding the right woman to spend the rest of his life with. Remember, we talked about for men, it was incredibly complicated because they had to have their own business. They had to have their own money. They had to have their their own space in order to raise a family. So Joseph has been working hard as a carpenter to prepare for this moment, and just when he's getting ready, just when he's, he's waiting, he's trying to be a good man, he sends his wife to be away somewhere else, and she comes back pregnant. If she didn't sleep with him, the only thing that makes sense is that she slept with someone else. I, I would have been livid 
my first thought would have been to try to find the guy and beat him up, but cooler heads would prevail, and I would just try to sit and listen to whatever Mary had to say, right? Okay, Mary, you're pregnant. It's not mine. What happened? I thought we were both waiting till marriage, but it turns out it's just me. Oh, an angel came and visited you? <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's a, that's a, that would be a tough truth to believe for any of us. So before we, we go and say, well, Joseph, how, how could he think those things? How could he believe those things? My question is, how could he not? That's the only thing that made sense was that Mary had an affair while she was gone. That's the only thing that made sense. But this is what the Bible tells us about Joseph. It says, Joseph, being a, being a just man, he was unwilling to put her to shame. Unwilling to put her to shame. She is the one who got pregnant. She is the one that brought shame into his house. She is the one that made the choices that she made to ruin his life and their life together. And it says he is the one that is unwilling to put her to shame. Who is the one that brought the shame? She's the one that came back pregnant. Joseph was at home working hard making sure that they had enough money for their wedding, that they could keep the house, right? They could have the 1.2 cars and the white picket fence. He was the one holding it all together. She is the one that brought the shame, and yet he is the one that is unwilling to shame her. So this is what this, this passage tells us. Men, no matter what happens in your life, be unwilling to shame your wife. No matter what she does, no matter what she may do, no matter what happens in your life, be unwilling willing to shame them. Even if you're dragged through the mud by what she does, be unwilling to shame her. He was willing to divorce her quietly rather than to put her to death, not publicly shame her, just divorce her. He realized that he couldn't stay with her because she wanted to be with someone else, obviously, she proved that through her actions. So he was just willing to divorce her quietly. This likely would have still ended in her death, but still he was unwilling to be the person that made that happen. This also goes the other way. Women, be unwilling to shame your husband. We know that everyone is fallible. Everyone makes mistakes. Let us always seek to restore, forgive, and love, and never to shame. I've often found that men do a pretty good job of shaming themselves. We don't need help. Sometimes we have this desire to seek justice for ourselves, or what we think is justice, so we throw our spouse under the bus. We're the first to try to ruin them so they don't ruin us. Joseph, however, came to this conclusion, if she doesn't want to be with me, which she proved by her actions of getting pregnant with someone else's baby, I don't want any harm to be done to her. I just 
don't want to be with her. In our society today, we often see the messiest of breakups all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We have a he said, she said, they did breakup. And it doesn't have to be that way, okay? It does not have to be that way. If Joseph was right about his assumptions, which have a pretty good track record in the history of the world, like every other time except for this one, he had every right as a Jewish man to put her to death as well as the man that impregnated her. And you are right to assume that when things go south in your relationship, that you have, you do, you have the right, you have the ability to smear the other person's name because you feel a great injustice has been done to you. You have that right as a person, but that is not love. That is not righteousness. No matter what your spouse does or does not do to you and for you, seek to honor them even if they choose to do things that bring you shame, be unwilling to shame them. The Bible tells us as Joseph began to ponder these things, he was figuring out his next move. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This angel has been busy. (laughs) Joseph is... uh, Joseph is likely named after one of the fathers of their faith in Judaism, right? Uh, Joseph, the, the prince of dreams, as, as we sometimes call him. Uh, if you don't know this, you know, Joseph, uh, this isn't the first Joseph in, in the Bible, right? He's not even the most famous, <laughs> the most famous Joseph in the Bible. Uh, we got to go back probably 16 to 1700 years prior to when Joseph, the father who raises Jesus, uh, was alive. So Joseph, the OG Joseph, he was one of the 12 uh, sons of Israel, right? The 12 sons of, of Jacob, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. So he was one of the, really, the, the original, uh, the, the people that, uh, that, that started uh, really all of this off. You know, he's not that far removed from Abraham. He was one of the two sons who came from Rachel, who was Jacob's favorite wife slash concubine. Anytime you say that, you know it's a messy family, right? That was my favorite wife, you know, yeah, so. If you don't know that story, he, uh, Jacob, his name meant trickster, and he went to marry Rachel, and he was like, okay, uh, worked for me for seven years, her dad said, so he worked for her for seven years, and then, well... My older daughter isn't married off yet, Leah, and so like we have, you have to marry her first. So then he had to work another seven years, and uh, so uh, he he gets you know Leah you know pregnant uh, like four times, and then uh, you know Rachel's like, well, I want kids, but I, I can't have kids, and so then he's like, so then she's like, well, sleep with my con- like sleep with my uh, this you know this woman uh, that's in our house and. And Jacob was like, no, I'm a righteous man. I would never do that. Uh, so he sleeps with this other woman, you know, and then gets her pregnant. But then Leah's like, well, I, I want more kids from my side, so sleep with my servant. So then Jacob's like, no, no. So he sleeps with her servant. And then Rachel finally, you know, gets pregnant with uh, Joseph and has Joseph and then gets pregnant with Benjamin and then dies during childbirth. Which is, so they have, there's 12 kids from four different women in the same house. So it was pretty peaceful, right? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty peaceful. 
Uh, this is what happened, though. Joseph, uh, who's the second youngest of the 12 in this very peaceful, calm house, he, he receives a vision uh, from the Lord uh, in, in a dream that he is going to rule over his family. And his brothers were really excited about that. They're like, yes, you are. You are, you are clearly the best man for this job. Uh, no, so this created animosity within, within all the, the, the brothers. And so they grew to hate Joseph. Uh, so they sold him to some slave traders who took Joseph to Egypt. Uh, and they told, uh, they told Israel, they told him that his son Joseph was dead. And it's a long story. It's amazing. But what we, what we see is that Joseph interprets dreams while he is in Egypt. And so much so that his ability to do this gets him to become the second most powerful person in all of Egypt. And he saves Egypt and the surrounding uh, nations because he interpreted this dream that allowed them to, to store up extra food in the seven years of excess while everyone else was eating and drinking and being merry and, and not saving up. Joseph was saving up in large storehouses. So then all the neighboring countries had to come to Egypt, which included his brothers. So that's a fun story. You should go back and read that one. Uh, it's near the end of the book of Genesis, so you should check that out. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, having, receiving, and interpreting dreams is in Joseph's namesake. And I think it's interesting that the other times the angel appears, he appears to the, the people, and yet with Joseph, he appears to Joseph in a dream. And I think that is for us to remember the story of the previous Joseph that we're, I'm talking about now. But this is, this is important to understand. Without this dream that Joseph has, he, he would have never come around to believing in Mary, and neither would you before you judge him. He would have never believed her. It's impossible to believe. Don't even start for one minute being like, no, I would have trusted my fiance when she told me that she was a pregnant virgin. Don't even for one minute think that. You wouldn't have. None of us would have. This dream was very important. Now, this, this part of the story, you know, th these next couple of verses, it may seem contradictory because the angel of the Lord tells Joseph to take Mary to be his wife and to give the child the name Jesus. But then Matthew tells us that this was done to fulfill the prophecy which said that his name would be Emmanuel, which comes from the book, comes from Isaiah chapter 7. Um, now, I'm not a linguist, but Emmanuel and Jesus are not the same name. <laughs> right? Like, I'm looking at it. Not even close, right? Uh, you know, it's the difference between Manny and Jesus, right? We're not talking about Robbie to Rob or Bobbert. We're talking about two entirely different names. Now, thankfully, Matthew lets us know that this is uh, prophetic, telling us that Emmanuel means God with us, and Jesus is the Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. So Jesus is Emmanuel, and Emmanuel is Jesus. Now, I don't want to go into too much of a rant about uh, why we call Jesus Jesus, but uh, 
his name, his, you know, his Hebrew name is, is Yeshua or Joshua. Not that we have any Joshua's here with us, uh, which means, I love it. I'm not going to say anything because she'll be mad at me, but nobody look, look away. Forget what you've seen today. Uh, so Joshua means, uh, it means Jehovah saves. Yeshua means Jehovah saves or, or God the saver, the, the bringer of salvation. It was a, it was a fitting uh, name for the leader, Joshua, who took over as the leader of the Israelites after Moses because he was a big part in delivering the Israelites out of slavery. He was a big part in bringing them in to the promised land, which is now just as Jesus, he sets his people free from sin and brings us into the promised land. So the fact that we call him Jesus, it's because, you know, we got the, the Greek, which is Jesus, Jesus, and then we have uh, the Latin, which is Yesu, which becomes Jesus. But when, again, his Hebrew name was Yeshua or Joshua. So whether you call Jesus Jesus or Joshua, doesn't really matter, as long as you don't use it in vain. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting is that we call Jesus, you know, Jesus Christ, especially when we use it as a curse word. Uh, not that you ever should, but when people do. Christ wasn't Jesus' last name. That was his title. He was Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. But uh, so I'm like, man, if you're going to use his name, at least, you know, use it right. You know, so yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting. Now you know, not to go on, I, I spoke for too long on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so when Joseph, he, he woke from his sleep and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph is truly a righteous man. His actions prove to us that he had Mary's best interest at heart and did immediately as the angel said. Have you ever had something in your life that you needed a miracle or a sign so bad that when the Lord comes through that you are just you can't wait to act on it. You can't wait to move forward. You can't wait to do that next piece of the puzzle. What, what, I, what I see from this passage is that Joseph wanted so desperately for Mary to be telling the truth. And even if, even if he hadn't talked with her about it, because we don't have that conversation, but he at least heard the rumors that his wife was coming back pregnant from the hill country. And he was hoping, he was hoping beyond all hope that it was something else other than the obvious. Sometimes we see something right in front of us, right in front of our faces, that the only thing that we can do is pray. Say, you know, God, don't be what I think it is. God, this is the only thing that makes sense, but don't be this. Because if this, if this is what it is, if this, if this thing that I see right in front of me, if this is what it is, I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
How many of you have heard the doctor say, this might be cancer? And even though it looks like cancer and acts like cancer, you pray, God, please don't let it be cancer. And you pray and you pray and you pray and then you go back to the doctor and he tells you, no, it's not cancer. Same thing, even if you had got the diagnosis and he says, well, it looks pretty bad. It's probably stage four or worse. You pray, please don't be four, please don't be four, please don't be four. And then he says it's two or three and there's still hope. And Praise Jesus. That's Joseph right now when he wakes up from this dream. God, please don't be what it looks like. He truly loved his fiance. God, please don't be let it be what it looks like. And praise God, it it wasn't what it looked like. Some of you might be in that stage in your life right now. And this holiday season, man, it doesn't make it any easier. There's only one thing that makes sense that whatever this thing is in your life, is, this is what it looks like. And I'm encouraging you to pray, God, please don't let it be what it looks like. I'm going to call the worship team back up. So as we continue our, our journey to the manger, we have Mary and Joseph who are about to have to make some tough decisions because as we read last week, there was a decree that was given, meaning that every family had to go back to their hometown. Did they tell everyone that Mary's pregnant? Do they try to keep it a secret? Because in a couple months here, they're not going to be able to wear large enough clothes to explain why Mary can't be picking up a mug off the kitchen floor or why she's sick every morning, or not partaking in wine at dinner. But God was with Mary and Joseph, just as God is with us now. So whatever journey you are on, you are not alone. And I pray that this church is exactly the home that you need it to be. You are not alone. God has blessed us with amazing leaders, who I am proud to serve alongside of. We look forward to seeing you on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. and Christmas morning at 10 a.m. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for all those people who are in a situation where you're saying, God, please don't let it be what it looks like. Let's pray together. So, Father, you are, you are still the God who is working miracles. And God, for some of us, there's There's just no easy way out of the situation that we're in. There's no logical way that this could be anything other than what it looks like. But God, you're the God of making those things good. You're the God of fixing broken things. You're the God of allowing things to look bad, but truly be you working behind the scenes. So God... For all those people like me who have something in their life that's, God, please don't let it be what it looks like. 
We're asking you to answer those prayers. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.